So we are continuing on in this series now that we've been in a couple of weeks uh, called Embracing Forgiveness. And so far we've looked at some of the more common but different levels of forgiveness, right? There's that ultimate level of forgiveness that you receive from God. Then there's the forgiveness that you you offer to yourself when you mess up. And then, of course, there's the forgiveness you offer to other people who may have hurt or wounded you. And that's great. What I'd like to do today, though, is take a little bit different track and look at how even though you enjoy God's forgiveness, even though you may forgive yourself and you may forgive other people, there are still those areas of your life that you still struggle with. Those areas that you wrestle with that have a negative impact on your day-to-day life. And honestly, this could, it could be anything. I mean, maybe you wrestle with fear, right? Maybe you wrestle with worry. You're a worry wart. Maybe you, maybe you wrestle with some bad habit. Um, and maybe you struggle with a lack of integrity. And maybe there's an addiction that you struggle with. Maybe there's an attraction that you have to something or someone that you shouldn't have. Maybe there's a hurt that's still going on in your life. I mean, you forgave the other person who hurt you, but the consequences are still painful. So you're dealing with that. See, it could, it could literally be anything, okay? It, it could be any number of things. But, but the point is that those things that are going on in your life, and it might just be one thing, it might be a couple of things, they create these walls that imprison you, that lock you in and keep you from being what God wants you to be from doing what God wants you to do. And and for those of you sitting here, for those of you watching online right now, maybe you know exactly what I'm talking about because you've been there, you've been in prison. Maybe you still are, okay? Regardless, you don't really know what to do. You, all you know is that it's, it's got its grip on you and it's kind of dragging you down. It's keeping you from being the, the child of God that he wants you to be. So, the good news is that even though you may find yourself imprisoned, okay, in these walls, because of Jesus, the door is wide open. The door is wide open. So what does that mean? It means you have a choice. So you can, if you want, you can, you can stay in that prison cell, okay, that prison cell, and, and be, live a life that is far from what God desires for you, or, or, In faith, you can take hold of that power that God offers you through his forgiving grace. And and you can step out into the fresh air of freedom that only he can provide. Look at this verse. Galatians 5 says, it is for freedom that Christ set us free. So when you personally experience God's forgiveness, guess what? It releases you from whatever has you entrapped or in its claws And it gives you the opportunity to do things that maybe, just maybe you never even thought possible. How cool is that? Here's the problem. Even though God gives us this path out of that prison cell, people take other paths instead. Go figure, right? But that's what we do as human beings. And and there are all kinds of paths that people will choose from, paths that they think will help bring them quick relief from whatever it is that's got their claws in them, right? Whatever has got them feeling imprisoned, whatever feeling, you know, has them feeling trapped. Because people don't like feeling trapped. They don't like feeling imprisoned. So they want relief and they want it now. So they'll turn to any number of these different paths. One path, very, very not surprising, is the path of drugs and alcohol. We all know this. People do it all the time. I've had a lousy day. 
I've had a lousy life. I'm going to have a drink. I'm going to pop a pill. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get me to forget about whatever it is that has me imprisoned. That's why they do that, to escape. Second, another path that people will take is shopping. Believe it or not, people will actually go out and buy things, things that they don't even need, but they'll buy these things to help them feel better about their life, even if they can't afford it. People will do that because it helps bring comfort from whatever it is that has them in their grips because they're not thinking about it, right? They're thinking about what's on sale at Kohl's. A third thing... It, you guys know what I mean. You've got Cole Buck, right? Cole, oh, that Cole's cash. How cool is that? All right, back to, back to the message. Back to the message. A third, now we got to get serious here, because a third path that people will often take is a path called sex. And people will engage in, you know, pornography or just some kind of sexual immorality. And again, they do it, why? To forget, to forget about what has them imprisoned. Another thing is just entertainment. Um, I don't know how many of you binge watch shows, but there are people who will immerse themselves because they don't like themselves. They don't like their lives. They'll just immerse themselves in, in, in TV shows and, and binge watch movies or whatever. Again, to forget that they feel bad. See how this is working? So people do these things. Other people, another path they'll use is food. People will eat not just to eat, but they'll eat to forget. And one very common path is work, Right? People just push themselves into their work. And then they achieve these things. They accomplish these things up this ladder. And, and, and it just helps them to feel better about themselves. On and on it goes. There are tons of lists, I mean, paths that are available to you. Paths that you can choose. And one word that describes what each of these paths have in common is this. Escape, right? That's the goal. You ask anybody who takes us, it's like they want to run away or get away from that bad habit, that hurt, that poor choice, that addiction, whatever it is. And so they'll take this path to get away from it as quickly and escape from it as quickly as possible. Here's the problem. They don't last. They might help in that moment, but they are only temporary. Right? They don't last. And frankly, you need something better than that. And you have something better than that. Something that only God provides. Something God wants to provide. And guess what it is? It is what Laura talked about just a moment ago, is the freeing power, that healing power of God's forgiving grace. Now, what I like to do is just talk about, you know, for you to experience and enjoy that, that forgiving grace of God, that forgiveness that brings power. I, I want to just talk about a couple things you need to keep in mind, all right? The first thing you need to keep in mind, and, and George hit the nail right on, uh, right on the head with this earlier, is you want to be able to make sure that you see God for who he really is. And you're sitting there going, well, I know who God is. But you, there are a lot of people who don't. A lot of people who don't see God for who he really is, who misunderstand who God really is. They're afraid of God. They don't trust God because they think God is going to condemn them that he's a, a judging God, that he's going to pound them. <clears throat> and maybe, I don't know, maybe you are aware of God's love, but maybe there are times when you feel a little, you know, shaky in your boots because you feel like God's always looking over your shoulder and just waiting for you to mess up so that he can tell you how messed up you are. And of course, that is completely false, but people think that way. And yet, look at Look at what God is like. Look at this. In Romans 8, it says, Who then will condemn us? No one. 
For Christ died for us and was raised to life for us and is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. Did you catch all of that? Even though you may feel like God is a condemning God, that he's always watching for you to trip up and slip up and create another mess out of your life, that's not the case. Think about it. Jesus came to this earth to live a life of perfect obedience for you. He also then allowed himself to suffer and die on a cross for you, to pay for the sins that you should be paying for. Then, he, three days later on that first Easter Sunday, he rose victoriously from the grave for you. And now, between, between today and when you're there with Jesus in heaven, okay, Jesus is in heaven at God's right hand, interceding for you, praying in your behalf. It does not sound like a God who condemns to me because he isn't. He is not a condemning God. In fact, I think if you're going to see God for who he really is, keep in mind these, these traits, okay? First, see, if you're going to see God for who he really is, see God as a God of compassion because that's who he is. When you come to God with your list of, 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 of bad habits and addictions and poor choices and hurts and all that garbage, God doesn't look at you and say, what a, what a dummy, or you know, quit your whining, your big baby. He doesn't do that. Why? Because he cares. Psalm 86, you, O Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. God loves you. He knows what you're going through, and he knows whatever it is that has you imprisoned. And maybe you are the only person on this planet that knows what has its grips in you. But God knows about it too. And you know what? Even though he knows, he still cares. Second thing you want to see about God so you can understand who God really is, is you want to see that God is a God of mercy and comfort. You know, some of us grew up with parents, or maybe you had a parent or a father that was kind of harsh or critical, and it's easy to project that to God thinking he's going to be the same way. That's not true. The God you love and worship is a father who is always kind, always sympathetic, always comforting. Second Corinthians 1, 3 says, God is our merciful father, and get this, the source of all comfort. How cool is that? Beyond that, to see God for who he really is, you also want to keep in mind that God is a God who is close. You know, some of you may not have had a father who is around, but God is right there. He's never distant. He is never far away. He's right by your side. He is a part of every moment of every day of your life. Psalm 23, very familiar psalm, right? Very near the end, it's, David says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Say those last five words. For you with, you are with me, right? So no, God is not a condemning God. God does not get jollies out of making you feel scared or feel worse out about you know, your habit or your addiction or your problem or your struggle. He's a God you can trust. He's a God in whom you can put your hope. He's a God who can give you power, right? The power that can release you from whatever has, it has you in its grasp. And, and so one of the great things about being a part of a family like this is being able to not just know that truth, but to share that truth, right? To talk to one another about the God we know and love and, and to share who we really is. And, and, and in fact, we have a support group here called Life Hurts, God Heals. 
And, and in that group, they look at God's word and they pray and they support and encourage one another. But I'll tell you what else they do. They also remind each other who God really is. And if you are interested, that group meets on Tuesday evenings and it's led by Pastor Dave Tim. And, and if you are feeling like you need some hope or some power to break free from whatever it is that you might be facing, whatever that one thing or bunch of things that might have you imprisoned, you know, email him, shoot him an email or call the church and we'll hook you up, okay? Now, maybe that doesn't work for you and that's fine. But if that's the case, I would really encourage you to find a trusted Christian friend who is mature in their faith. Someone in whom you can confide and who will walk alongside of you and remind you who God is, right? A God of love and mercy and proximity. So the bottom line here is if for you to experience, to enjoy this, pow this forgiving power of God, okay, to help release you, break you free from whatever has you trapped, First thing you need to understand is who God really is. He's not a God who's out to condemn you or make you feel terrible or to judge you. He's a God of compassion, a God of comfort, a God who is close. Second thing though, to experience and enjoy that forgiveness, that power of forgiveness of God, you also want to see yourself for who you really are. And that was really the point of Laura's little object lesson with all those things that were broken, right? We tend to, I think, know, but we bury it. We, we know some things about ourselves, but we bury it or we ignore it or we just don't acknowledge it. But there are a couple of things you need to remember about yourself. One thing, of, of course, is that you are broken. That's why you have hurts. That's why you have bad habits. That's why there are people who have addictions and, and there's other struggles in life. It's because you're broken. And even though you may be tempted to try to hide from that truth, and you may expend all kinds of energy and power to live a life that, or project a life that looks different from that truth. Fact of the matter is we're all broken. We're all big, one hot mess. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So here's where I'm going with this. Instead of pointing at someone else or something else or at yourself for the fact that you were imprisoned by these habits, and, and it, it, that's true, we're broken. Here's what I would encourage you to do. Recognize your brokenness. And then second, don't point to anybody else yourself, point to Jesus and see in him the power that you need to release you from whatever has its grip in you, right? Point to Jesus, say, thank you, Jesus, that even though I am one big broken mess, you still care about little old me. And that's the second thing I want you to remember about yourself, okay? You are loved, you are. Even though you're a broken mess, me too, even, and everybody is, God still loves you. You are loved, and, and understand, you're not just loved by anyone, okay? Understand, you are loved by God who already knows about all of your bad habits, all of your addictions, even though nobody else may know about those things. God knows. He knows all about your struggles. He knows all about your pain. He knows about it all, and he still, he still loves you. And his love is not a love that over time, you know, kind of fades. It's not a love that's conditional in the sense that, well, if you do this, then I'll love you. No, listen to what God says here in Jeremiah 31. I love you with an everlasting love. I will continue to show my, you my kindness. Right? Human love fails. And I don't know, maybe that's what is giving you pain right now. Maybe that's what has you imprisoned. Maybe someone you care about failed you. And even though you've forgiven them, 
it still hurts, right? You still have this pain. God's love for you will never fail, right? God's love is an everlasting love. Psalm 119 says, may your unfailing love be my comfort. And you know what? It will. If you are a living, breathing human being, you are loved by a God whose love for you will never fail. Third thing, just to keep in mind and remember about yourself is that you were also washed clean. Right? That's what this whole series is about. Just to remind you that by God's grace, your sinfulness, okay, your brokenness has been forgiven based on what Jesus accomplished for you on the cross. By his life, death, and resurrection, you are forgiven. Look at this, Romans 3, 24. We are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God's gift to you is his forgiveness. God's gift to you is a restored relationship with him when you believe that Jesus is your savior, your personal savior, that he died for you personally. And my point here is that whatever you are facing in life, whatever secret has got its grips on you, whatever it is that has you imprisoned or walled in, okay, whatever that might be, not only is it important for you to, to see God for who he really is, but also see yourself for who you are. Yes, you're a broken mess, me too, but you are loved and forgiven. Praise God. One last thing, to enjoy, to experience this, this power of God's forgiveness, you also, I think it's very important for you to see how God can change you and understand something. This is only God at work. Only God can turn your life around. Only God can give you the strength to walk out of whatever has imprisoned you and bring you into the fresh air of freedom. Only God can change you. And I share this with you because you'd be amazed at how many people, when I share that with them, they, they give all kinds of negative responses to that. And two of the most common ones are this, are these two. One is, I'm too busy. They say that to me. I've actually had people say, you know, pastor, I know I'm broken. I, I know I should change. I want to change. I really do. But I just, I'm so, I got so much going on. I got, you know, the kids are pulling me in all these directions. I got all these meetings. There's so much time. I only have so much time and energy. It's, it's just, what? And they, they know they're in this prison cell. They see the door is open, but they're just like, yeah, not right now. And now I, you know, okay, free will is at work there. But understand, just word of caution, just me personally saying this, I believe the longer you wait to get around to that, the farther away that open door gets for you. Second common response that I will hear is, it won't work. I tell people, I say, it's possible. God can change you. God's power can turn your life around. You can be healed. And they, they look at me, it won't work for me. They say, I've, I've tried this. I've done over and over and over again. And I always find myself right back where I started. I've disappointed myself. I've disappointed others. I've disappointed God. Thank you, Pastor Z. But you know what? I just, it might work for others. It won't work for me. And I'm just stunned by these responses. What really saddens me though, is that there is this mistaken perception that is out there that might even be in here that change somehow. Depends on you. What? That somehow you need to change your life for God. Let's clear the air here. You can't, all right? 
Only God has the power to change you. Look at this verse. This is from Isaiah. Isaiah gives this beautiful description of the strength that God gives to us because we are literally powerless. But look at what he says here. This is in um, Isaiah 40. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. That's you and me. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, catch that, will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. Isn't that amazing? The power is not found in you. The power flows from God to you, period. You know, Isaiah uses that beautiful word picture of soaring on wings of eagles, right? Soaring on eagles' wings. What a be- that's a beautiful image of God's power and love, his healing forgiveness that he works in your life. So if God's power can be compared to soaring on eagle's wings, your power, let, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say, you're like a hummingbird, okay? I don't know if you have, how many of you guys have hummingbird feeders at your house? So if you do, you know what they do. They don't soar, do they? They zip, right? They zip, they zip back and forth and up and down and all around. They're fun. I get tired, like I get tired looking at them, right? But that's what they spend all of this energy Okay, eagles soar and they're able to stay up in the air for hours because they're just expending very little energy, soaring at like 10,000, 20,000 feet. That's crazy. But it's because God designed eagles' wings to catch the updraft of the wind, right? Well, guess what? God created your soul, your heart, you, to catch the updraft of his power and of his love, which is good. Because you were not designed to zip back and forth and here and there, you know, trying to get a fi- quick fix there and a, and a fast way to find relief over there from your hurt or whatever it is that has imprisoned you. That just leaves you exhausted. So change, understand, listen to this. Change happens when you, by the work of the Spirit in your heart, trust in a God who loves you, who forgives you, and gives you the power to change. And next week, Pastor Dave is going to be here and he's going to dive deeper into that, what it looks like to live forgiven in that power, all right? But for right now, let me just close with this last verse from Hebrews 13. May the God of peace equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him. Through faith in Christ, you can experience, you, you can experience that wonderful updraft of God's love and power and for healing forgiveness. Right? And again, it's not something you can or can't do. No, 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 no. Stop. Get that out of your mind. Right? It is th- this, this power is, is supplied to you from God's forgiveness, which in turn allows you to, it allows you to experience true lasting freedom and to become the person that God really wants you to be, a life filled with his blessing. And again, next week, Pastor Dave's going to dive even deeper into that. So come back next week and, and, and learn even more. But let me just challenge you between now and next Sunday in a couple of ways. First, I want to challenge you to remember God is not a God who condemns. It, I'm just always shocked by how many people think that God is, you know, watching over them and, and, and you know, judging them, you know, like grading them. He's a God who loves a God who comforts and heals, a God who certainly is close and ready to help. Second, 
Give thanks that change comes from God and not from you, right? God gives you the power, not you. you. God gives you the power for true lasting change, the power to release you from whatever has you imprisoned. And then third, find somebody with whom you can walk along through your life, someone with whom you can share your struggles, all right, and maybe it's getting into a small group like Life Hurts, God Heals. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just finding a trusted Christian friend. But find somebody who, as you're walking through life, they can remind you who God is, who he really is, right? And the power that can change your life, a life that is filled with his blessing. All right, well, let's pray about that, right? Let's pray about that. Lord God, we know that we can trust you because you have shown us your love and your grace in Jesus now, Lord, help us to place our hope in you, to fully believe that you forgive us and you give us the power to change, that you give us the power we need to be freed from whatever it is that might have us imprisoned, might have us in its grip, and, and that, keep, that keeps us from being the people you've called us to be. Father, I thank you for this series. I pray that you would continue to bless us through this series. We love you. We pray all this in Jesus' great name. And all the people of God said, Amen.